Okay, so good evening everyone. Saturday night. And uh, it's the uh, first full day of our practice schedule, uh, winter retreat. Uh, quite nice to be beginning to beginning to settle in. It'll take a while. And Janjaniko uh, 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 set the uh, theme uh, as uh, back to basics, uh, which is sadhu, uh, sadhu, sadhu. It's just, uh, I think it's just so important to keep returning to the fundamentals of the of the teaching and and uh, you know whenever we you know whenever we really nourish the roots of the uh, <clears throat> the, the teaching the training then then we really grow and uh, and it's those uh, you know they're on on a certain level the the fundamental truths that the that the Buddha gave are uh, well one they're enough uh, and two they they are the they they really are the foundation for all growth in knowledge understanding um, insight and liberation. And so that being able to keep coming back to those, yeah, these the the basic teachings, four noble truths, eightfold path, anicca dukkha anatta. You are really setting the 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 stage for for one's uh, real growth. Uh, <clears throat> so often the mind gets. Um, Either you know dissatisfied, or it gets gets distracted, or it gets um, uh, manages to complicate things in those things. Uh, no, there must be something else, and and uh, and it's that it, it it's that fundamental uh, dissatisfaction. That's the the whole root of the problem. Uh, so learning how to uh, <clears throat> really delve into the you know, the nature of the mind itself uh, through understanding these 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 basics, uh, <clears throat> learning how to develop yeah real virtue and integrity real. Mindfulness and and uh, stability of heart and 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 real insight. Um, it's with those those basics, those foundations that we, you know, we can really liberate the heart. <clears throat> so it's a uh, it's a very apt <coughs> theme and and a, you know really important uh, one to to not. Uh, not overlook the the importance and uh, 
and, and to be able to give oneself to to the uh, uh, to that exploration of of, of the teachings. That's like uh, uh, so. Rajan Yaniko gave the first reading today, and it was uh, it's from the the. Uh, uh, book still for us, Pool, Ajahn Chah, and of course that's always a breath of uh, fresh air uh, to uh, come back to Ajahn Chah's teachings. And uh, and one of the things um, that uh, in that in one of the teachings that that Ajahn Chah was giving, <coughs> uh, similarly, just sort of saying. <coughs> You know, if you develop this path, you develop this, these these fundamental practices, you will never be bored, um, and uh, that's a. Uh, I mean, it's certainly a, a, a the hallmark of worldly life is boredom, frustration, uh, <clears throat> seeking distraction in some way, shape, or form. And uh, uh, but the uh, when the when the heart is really alert and present, mindful, clear, uh, reflective, and investigative, um, there's no no space for for boredom. Uh, everything is interesting, and. Uh, <clears throat> and I remember myself. This is years ago. <clears throat> A, uh, I'd been on. I was doing a year-long sabbatical retreat at Chitras Forest Monastery, living in the forest by myself, and uh, I'd go into the to, into the central area, the kitchen, to to uh, for my alms round, and uh, and w one day there was a. Uh, I'd been probably in retreat for about six months or something, and a, <clears throat> a, uh, a, a, a an older Thai woman who I'd known for a long, long time <clears throat> um, came to the monastery that day. She lived nearby, but she'd been away, and uh, and then she was asking what I did while I was on retreat. And I said, you're on retreat? What are you, what are you doing? And <clears throat> I sort of, well, you know, get up at three or four in the morning and and uh, you know, do some exercises or yoga and meditate. And then by the time it's dawn, have a, have a cup of tea, uh, meditate, do walking meditation. <laughs> Do sitting meditation. Go to go for the meal. Come back. Uh, meditate. <laughs> Read some Dhamma books. <clears throat> meditate, uh, and uh, have a cup of tea. Meditate. <laughs> and she looked at me with this look of horror. <laughs> Isn't that boring? <laughs> And I said, well, you know, no, not at all. It's just, it's, it's, we only get bored when we're not really mindful or, or, or peaceful. So it's, uh, 
So that sense of uh, you know <clears throat> being able to come back to those basics really opens up a, a world for us of, of of truth and understanding. So to to be able to have <clears throat> three months of of uh, of exploring and and developing this practice in, in a foundational fundamental way is a uh, is a great gift and it's uh, quite wonderful to to be be having this opportunity also i've uh, uh, you know, i've only just come back <coughs> from about six weeks of travel in India and Thailand, <clears throat> and uh, um, it's about, yeah, it's, it's about a week. So I'm finally kind of getting uh, into this time zone and uh, feeling uh, f feeling somewhat. Uh, uh, Somewhat rested, although we'll see uh, what I feel like tomorrow morning. Each morning is different, um, but they, uh, yeah, I had the opportunity to go to. Uh, the invitation was to to uh, teach in uh, ashram in Rishikesh. And so the uh, so I was ended up leaving here about mid November, and then I did stay in Thailand for like f I mean arrived late at night and spent four nights in Thailand, uh, so three full days to try to get over jet lag and not be too too wasted. Um, when I got to India, because it was, I knew it was going to be a full schedule, <coughs> and uh, and it was, <coughs> and and uh, but went to India, flew into Delhi. Next day, flew up to Rishikesh and uh, and began teaching that day uh, at this ashram. It's uh, quite a quite a lovely um, community. Um, I'd never met them before, and the, sw the chief Swami there was from Belgium, and he's been uh, a practitioner of uh, uh, in his Hindu practice, Advaita Vedanta, uh, for the past you know, about thirty odd years, and uh, you know, very, very solid, very uh, delightful being, and. Uh, and has a, a community around him. <coughs> and the theme of the, um, the, it was like a series, it was like a seminar, um, a lecture series, but it wasn't just lectures, it was it was we were practicing together and and uh, uh, so Buddhism and non-duality. Um, so it was a 
exploration of the practices and, and teachings that, that uh, uh, allow the mind to loosen its grip of, of attachment. And so that, uh, um, and then exploring it from, I mean, I, 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 I qualify, before I even accepted the invitation, I said, I'm not a scholar, I'm not really interested in um, religious debate or even uh, kind of uh, a, uh, you know, comparative philosophy. It's, it's not really, doesn't really interest me. Uh, but you know, I'm happy to to uh, um, reflect on on uh, different ways of practice. So it's like a uh, interreligious dialogue because uh, I would give a teaching, and then the Swami would give a, a, a say a reflection on on uh, from his perspective, and then opening up for questions and answers after. But both of us really tried to keep things on a practice level. So it was, was really quite interesting. They set themes for uh, for each day, and it was like the first day was was actually quite lovely, as an introduction was, was like <coughs> Ajahn Chah's teachings and way of, way of practice. And it was very lovely because in the shrine room where the teachings were given, there was a nice big photo of Ajahn Chah, and then a, a, on one side, on the other side, a photo of uh, Sri Ramana Maharishi, who's a, a great uh, Advaita uh, Vedanta practitioner and, and teacher. And then talks on like effort and no effort, and like part of the Advaita perspective is shouldn't shouldn't really need to have shouldn't shouldn't be effort. If you're putting forth effort, you're making a problem. Uh, they, uh, but then of course, you know, they're pretty diligent in their meditation and practice. So what does that mean? And so just exploring the whole whole realm of because that's what for the Buddha, right effort, just one of the factors of Eightfold Path, and, and also the elements of uh, faith and grace, in the sense like the grace of the Guru, um, that and, and faith from Buddhist perspective. How does that work in terms of practice? As um, self and not self, uh, in, certainly in say in Hindu practice, and one of the big goals is the uh, realization of self or true self. And of course, when Buddha is saying, it's not self, how does this work? How do they reconcile these things? They uh, talk on meditation, talk on, there's a talk on Nibbana that I was asked to give at uh, the largest, and we one, one evening we bust all of the participants of the, the uh, Kind of reach. There was a. Uh, they limited the number of people to join this this uh, uh, these teaching sessions uh, to a hundred, and uh, which was made it quite comfortable for the space and and then also comfortable for not not too unwieldy. 
and uh, and then we went went over to the uh, Shivananda ashram, which is the one of the older ashrams in Rishikesh, and and certainly the largest. So it was, uh, and was very graciously received by, by the. Uh, um, I mean, there were many s senior and elder uh, swamis there. <coughs> Uh, but the head one was like 89 years old, and he's really bright being who for, uh, reminded me of, of uh, Panyananda Bhikkhu, who's a uh, uh, Lumpa Panyananda, who I traveled with, and it was a great teacher in Thailand, uh, very kind of regal in his bearing and his ability to just be present. Uh, but anyway, it was just, so it was, it was a lovely uh, occasion, and and uh, and in one of the the last evening, there was a kind of an interreligious or religious sort of concert of chanting and from different different traditions, uh, Buddhist. There was a group of of uh, young monks from. Bangalore Theravada monks <coughs> who uh, uh, would do chanting before each teaching so as a blessing, and they were, they were trained, very well trained uh, monks from from Bangalore, uh, <coughs> and uh, and apparently the the center that they have in Bangalore for you know, teaching and training bhikkhus uh, is uh, uh, they have a regular. Um, Zoom session with Ajahn Tan, uh, so, so it's quite uh, uh, quite plugged in, uh, having these young bhikkhus. So it's just say the wonders of the internet age, uh, where you get being able to to plug into to different teachers, and doesn't really matter where on the planet, you can you can join them. Say, as is probably happening this evening, where people are plugging in <coughs> from many, many places. So that was a, uh, it was just a, uh, say, a wonderful opportunity for sharing. And, uh, and uh, the, uh, the talk from the Shivananda Ashram is, uh, uh, is actually available uh, on our, uh, on our website now, it's a, um, the audio's been up for a while, and then the, uh, uh, the just received today actually uh, the, the the sort of the, the whole video, and it's a very good quality. Uh, the again, I got I got an email from the Swami today from there, and he said that they did have a videographer. Filming the and, and recording the whole event, so, but he said it's going to be another one or two months. It's a huge project. Uh, edit it, and, uh, so one or two months before it's 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 actually finished. But I'm sure that'll be of interest to people. But it was, it was uh, you know I'd heard about Rishikesh for like. Decades and decades and decades. Ever since I probably first traveled in in India over fifty years ago, 
but uh, I finally made it. And then after that event, uh, we went up and visited uh, Ajahn Jivako, is, is, uh, has been helping out this past year, um, trying to prepare a, there's a, some land in northern India, it's about three and a half hours north of Rishikesh, in the foothills of the Himalayas. Not quite as, because Rishikesh is in the foothills of the Himalayas, but it's very quite dramatic and uh, rising up pretty steeply. Uh, where the land for the uh, monastery is, is in the foothills, but they're, they're just start, it's just starting to become hills. and just coming off the plains of India and, and turning into hills. So the actual elevation is about the same as a bike here, but a thousand foot elevation. <clears throat> and then smaller, smaller hills, maybe not quite as dramatic as here. <clears throat> but still, they're you know, forested hills, and the forest had monkeys and peacocks, and well, quite, quite rich, certainly rich bird life and animal life. And they, uh, um, and it's and it's about a half a kilometer to a kilometer kind of walk to a an ancient uh, monastery that that uh, the, the the ruins are are still there and it's it's protected by the archaeological survey of India. So we went over there and did uh, did a puja and did some meditation and and sort of wandered the land or the others wandered the land and I, I didn't. My knee was really bothering me. This the 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 the, the ashram in Rishikesh was really built a, because it's right on the banks of the Ganges, so it rises up pretty steeply. And so that the uh, the ashram is about I don't know f f four or five stories tall and going up, and there was everything was at different levels and we were going up and down stairs all the time. And the monks were were starting to sort of oh, is there some way we could carry him up and down these stairs? <laughs> but. Uh, uh, anyway, there was you know wandered the land and the, the uh, and we had a, a a blessing ceremony on the land and the villagers came. Uh, I gave a talk that was translated and uh, and had a Q and A session after and there was lots of interesting questions from the villagers. So Ajahn Jivako has made a really wonderful connection with the. Uh, the local people, and, and they wanted to know. They actually asked, and it was the first time that Ajahn Jivako had, had wind of this. They were, they were actually one of the village leaders, elders, was saying, Is there something, how, do, how do we offer alms, alms food to these monks? How do we, how do we, how do we support them? So that's, that, that bodes well for the future. And there were some other um, 
kind of uh, samana, uh, uh, sadhu, religious seeker that, that came and joined and he uh, invited us over to his little little hermitage. And, and uh, so it's you know, just making nice connections with the local people and, and uh, they haven't gotten built anything. Ajahn Jivaka is focused mainly on trying to figure out how the land could be used, could be developed. And uh, fortunately he's done that because the, uh, there was a, an area that, that when they first purchased the land, first got there uh, in the spring, um, seemed like the perfect place to start building buildings. And then, of course, then it got into the, the monsoon season and about half of that area uh, that they thought was a great place to start building got washed away from from the uh, you know the runoff from the from the from the rains heavy rains <coughs> but anyway he's been mostly focused on planting trees and which is is if you're a forest monastery you know, you really want to have trees and uh, and that uh, you know being in India, it is. I mean, it was partially forested. It was partially kind of pretty scrubby. The villagers are a lot of goat herders, so goats eat absolutely everything. <laughs> so that uh, it's uh, uh, they're going to have to be be you know growing their forest. <clears throat> so that was, and then I went back from from there down to Delhi and gave a series of, of teachings at the at the uh, uh, center in, in Delhi that is was the kind of the um, the lay center for beginning the the project of establishing a a, a, a branch monastery of of what Nanachad of Ajahn Chahs in in India <coughs> and there I gave a Series of teachings and meditations <clears throat> there over there, uh, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then was it one day we went and we had enough time to be able to go to the uh, National Museum of in Delhi, and uh, they've got a whole section dedicated to Buddhism in the National Museum, and and of course relics. Uh, of the Buddha, and uh, and generally it's set up in a way that you could go in and pay respects to the shrine where the relics are, and um, <clears throat> uh, do pujas there. But it just happened; it looked like there were I don't know a bunch of tour groups from from Korea or Vietnam or uh, um, Asian countries to, to pay respects to the shrines as well. So there was a lot of milling around and taking pictures and, and crowding up against each other, which wasn't particularly keen on getting into crowds in, in, uh, <clears throat> in, at a time when, when uh, as it as it happened, I still got a cold and, uh, in India. But anyway, went back to Thailand, and uh, 
as most people probably know, uh, Ajahn Chunda found out, I mean, he was traveling with me, which was great. He got a chance to see what life is like on the road for Ajahn Possible. And, uh, and uh, it, it, yeah, it's uh, uh, fairly uh, uh, full schedule. And having, I, uh, I, uh, man, I just know so many people that, uh, um, and uh, going to visit people, and uh, it was like when I first, or before I went to India, stopped in <coughs> a few days visiting, um, especially elderly people who, who don't really get to come to the monasteries much anymore, or come to the to the uh, retreats that I lead. So uh, going to see them, and it was really good to see one particular person who I've known for probably since my maybe fifth or sixth year as a monk. Um, she's, uh, she started coming up to Wat Nana Chat and uh, and very instrumental in helping us uh, do publications, um, both in English and in Thai. Because we did them in English first, and then what that elicited was a, was a why aren't the, why can't we get these in Thai? So then we had to go back and get the, uh, uh, the original, because all the talks that we had that were in English were translated from tapes that had been recordings of Ajahn Chah's teachings. And uh, so then that was really the beginning of Wat Nana Chat, um, printing uh, various books for, for free distribution, which... <clears throat> and even in those days at Wat Paponga wasn't really... very much was, was being printed at all, hardly anything of Ajahn Chah, so it was, uh, she was quite instrumental in that. She was really uh, very instrumental in helping us when Ajahn Chah, she's a doctor, <coughs> she's a doctor, she's a, like an Ajahn, a professor of, of medicine, and a very respected pediatrician who was the pediatrician to all the royal grandchildren. And so she, her sort of accolades in the in the world sort of go on and on <clears throat> and she's an incredibly humble dedicated dhamma practitioner and so that uh, it was nice to go see her she was she was still sitting up and and uh, and were able to chat and talk and she wasn't chatting as much as respond <laughs> responding uh, uh, but was but very very present and solid. But when I first um, when I first got there, I said, "Oh, oh Doctor Sarli, how are you doing?" And she says, "Oh, it's hopeless." <laughs> when, <laughs> when yeah, <laughs> so she was. I think she's about ninety four and. It was getting very weak, so then I came back from India, and uh, and uh, shortly after that, Najin Jaya Sar. So I went to see, 
Parker Sartley and and uh, and she so she's she's not up now. She's she's really she's now she's she's bedridden. I don't think she's gonna last very long. And she did she died the day before I returned. I got on the plane to come back, and then uh, they had her. Um, funeral, I think it was yesterday, cremation yesterday, she specified that she wanted to be cremated at Wat Chat, which had logistical complications because she was a, um, um, she was a, a titled, and she was given royal titles because of all her you know, accomplishments in the world and uh, was given a, like a cremation urn, a goat for the cremation. So that's a very high honor. And that had to be done in, a, in, uh, in the ceremonies needed to be done in a royal temple in Bangkok. So they did all the preliminary ceremonies and then they took her body up to Wat Nanachat for the cremation. So after royal ceremonies, they go into a forest monastery and put her on a pile of wood. <laughs> this is wonderful juxtaposition <clears throat> for those people who've been to Wat Nanachat and know where the, the uh, uh, cremation area is. It's, it's a lovely corner of the monastery, but it's you know, two, step, two sets of steps going up with a uh, a slot in between for putting in the firewood for doing the cremation. So it's uh, it's pretty basic, uh, but she was that was her wish, and her family, children were were really keen to make it happen. Then so that uh, you know various teachings, various events. So there's a I think it was there's a hospital there, the Samiti Wade Hospital that's been offering. A papa to <coughs> a Bayagiri. I think this was the 19th year that it happened. And so that since, since the early days of a Bayagiri. And it's, this, it's, it's, a, it's a big hospital and they get all the doctors and administrators and people involved and go and do a, a blessing ceremony for, for them, give, teach, give a teaching and it's an offering ceremony and and then they then they take me and a couple of the other seniors senior uh, monks who are, are there and we get check, get our physical checkups for the year so it works very well but yeah just this long time connection uh, with with people there and uh, people plugging in and uh, I gave two retreats while I was there, besides the other various teachings that I gave. Um, but the, uh, and the retreats were, the first one was at Banbun, which is also I've been doing for, except for the COVID years. This is the first year since COVID that we, that, uh, that retreat happened. Last year they wanted to do it, but because of COVID, the place had got kind of 
run down a bit and and needed to refurbishment uh, but uh, this year they're able to pull it together and they've been it's a place where Ajahn Jayasaro gives his he gives two talks a month first and third Sundays of, of every month and uh, <clears throat> and that uh, but there were like 135 people on the retreat and uh, and that's uh, and then I gave a retreat at Wat Nana Chan. We did it out at the the new Oposatta, uh, the, the the boat or the Oposatta Hall, ordination hall, and uh, Ethan was there. They had an opportunity to plug in and plugged in to stay a few days at Wat Nana Chan. Uh, it was great, great opportunity. So it was a wonderful ambience outside it was cold cold really it was the northeast can get cold and you get this wind coming down from the north so it was it was chilly and i mean it was chilly by the thai standards it was it's not i mean it's going to be 32 tonight and you know it was it was probably down to sixty or something, which is cold when you're <laughs> when you're when you're when you're dressed for 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 warmer weather. But yeah, and that had about one hundred and thirty people on the retreat. So um, yeah, people are people are interested. People want to want to hear the teachings. They want to practice. People are are. It's still delightful to see a yeah a functioning Buddhist culture uh, where uh, the 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 religion uh, and religious practice has has uh, uh, has a uh, has a place of importance in the, in the culture. Um, here we're still planting the seeds, and of course the Baigiri is is a tremendous interest here, and and it comes back to um, back to basics. <laughs> it's this 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 you nourish the roots, and and uh, and and good things happen. So whether it's in personal practice or whether it's in a Sort of a societal practice over over centuries, um, and it's it's those basics, it's the foundations that you really want to be be paying attention to. So I think I've rambled enough for this uh, first talk of the, uh, of the of our practice session. So I'll offer that for reflection.